Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Prosecco and Ponies. On this episode, I'm going to tell you some personal stories with weird people and also give a small lecture on why being yourself is so important, even if you're weird. Jared, put some applause in there. So I am fascinated by people, especially odd people. And because pretty much every job I've ever had has either been retail or service or office work, I've been around a lot of different kinds of very odd people. My encounters with strange people actually started very young. (laughs) For growing up in a small area in the middle of Canada, I know a surprising number of murderers or people that have been murdered. I'm not kidding you. I won't go into detail in this episode because I'm saving this particular story for a Mimosa Mystery Monday episode, but I actually had a babysitter that killed another child that she was babysitting. But like I said, I'm not going to go into that one here. I'm going to save that for a Monday episode. My mom is not allowed to listen to my Monday episodes because she gets scared and because she lives in a haunted house that she doesn't want to talk about. And this isn't really obviously a story that she likes to talk about for obvious reasons. So anyway, moving on. A revelation that I had uh, while I was doing photography, or while doing photography, is that everyone has a story and people really just want to be seen. And I know that that's such a cliche thing to say, but it's so true. I mean, they don't just want to be seen through a camera lens, but people want to be seen. They want to be felt. They want to be understood. And sometimes I think when you're holding a camera, people feel very vulnerable with you. And often, in my experience, they open up to you more than they normally would. So I'm a total quote nerd, and one of my favorite quotes that I always read before doing a photo shoot is from Edward Munch. Edward Munch. (laughs) I'm butchering that pronunciation. I'm really sorry. Uh, But it is. um, I saw all the people behind their masks. I saw through them and there was suffering. And I'm not saying, oh my God, all these people are suffering and I have to save them with my camera. But I just think that everyone has this little dark space inside them that tries to shine for you when you give someone the opportunity to be themselves and take their mask off. Trying to be real in a world that's always asking you to be Instagram perfect is a real struggle for a lot of people, and myself included. I definitely try to be unapologetically myself all the time, but I fall victim to the online perfection struggle. I have a friend that's actually very, she's a very popular social media influencer. She's got like 35,000 followers and it's hard not to look at her account and think like, oh wow, I'm a fucking dog turd and no one likes me with my like 800 followers or whatever it is. Um, But every time I feel like that, I try to catch myself and think about the small handful of people in my life that send me messages about how inspired they are by me or how excited they are for the next photo shoot to be posted or for the next podcast to drop. So I guess that's why I feel really passionate about being myself all the time, no matter what, because people, people, whether you know it or not, they're watching. And when you are yourself, it gives other people permission to be themselves, I guess. So in the words of the Canadian First Nation comedy legend Conway Kootenay, I like watching you be deadly because when you're deadly, that makes me feel like I'm deadly. 
I love him. I seriously love him. He's so funny. I just think that when we are ourselves, it shows other people that it's okay to take the mask off and it's okay to be themselves too. And I think that's fucking deadly. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Insert applause here. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to strange people. Fuck, I just love them. I love weird people. They just make my heart happy. So when I was working at the Bay Downtown, that was the best place for people watching. Seriously, stuffy business people, bored seniors, hookers, so many hookers, uh, homeless people, bored moms, regular working folk. And there was a super old badass lady and she would wear these, she would cut up makeup brushes and use them as eyelashes. And she wore like 10 inch platform stilettos. Her shoes were so tall and insane that she had to walk with a shopping cart because she just couldn't like she was like on stilts I'm not even kidding you and this lady must have been fucking 80 I miss her so much oh my god um and she was just being herself like how cool is that there yeah anyways there was just so many different types of people that went there um and I did work there for a couple years so I saw a lot of people one day <laughs> this sticks out in my mind so much I was standing at the counter and a lady was coming down the escalator looking at me. And so I worked at the Estee Lauder counter. That counter faced like the down escalator and it was huge. It was actually in a movie with, I think, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Richard Gere, maybe they filmed it there. Anyways, I this lady, so this lady was coming down the escalator and I smiled. She was looking at me. And so I was looking at her and I smiled. And then I realized that she had an arm down her pants, sort of like off to the side. And she was looking right at me. So I kept looking at her and then she would take her hand out and then grab at the escalator handle and then put her arm and her hand back down like kind of the side and back of her pants. And I watched her the whole time. And by about the third time, I realized that she was wiping something from her pants onto the escalator. I had no idea what to do, so I just kept making eye contact with her the whole time, and then I realized, okay, wow, yeah, that's definitely poop, and so when she got off the escalator, I ran to the phone and called security, and they obviously didn't want to deal with that, so they just shut the escalator down for the entire day until the poor night cleaning staff got there, and they had to clean it. She, like, honestly, she wiped so much shit on that escalator. I don't think I've touched an escalator handle in almost 15 years. Like, I think I was 21 maybe when I worked there, and I haven't touched an escalator handle since. So anyways, that wasn't even the only time I've made eye contact with someone while they were going to the bathroom in public or myself. <laughs> One time I had to have an emergency poo behind a dumpster in Vancouver, and I definitely made eye contact with the street person while I was panicking and pulling my pants down. So that's a story for another day that I'm just not going to get into right now. Anyways, on my way home from work, when I worked at the office, I was stopped at a red light a few blocks from my house, which is a pretty sketchy area. There's lots of gang stuff and daytime hookers, you know, the usual. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Anyways, um, I was stopped at a red light and I looked beside me on my driver's side and beside me there was like this giant light pole and there was a guy probably in his 40s standing there looking at me and he was a decent looking older guy, like nice haircut. He looked clean. He looked normal and he smiled at me. So I smiled back because I'm not an asshole. And then he sort of like moved forward an inch and I looked down and I realized that he was facing me making eye contact while he had his wiener out and he was just peeing on the light pole like at like 5.30 in the afternoon. Like he was facing me. And at that point, it was too late to look away. Like I had already committed to eye contact. So I just kept eye contact with him while he was peeing and smiling until someone behind me tooted their horn because the light had turned green and I obviously didn't see it because I was watching this guy piss at me. So also... At that intersection, the same intersection, one time I saw a guy with a baby in a backpack. He's very clever. I was stopped at that same light and a guy rode in front of me on like a small BMX style bike and he had a baby on his back in a backpack with bungee cords wrapped around his chest and the backpack, I guess, to keep the baby from falling out. I don't know. It was very inventive, like good for him. I think people that cringe at that have never been to another country and seen what people have to do with their kids to like get where they need to go on limited resources, you know? I don't have kids, so I'm really not one to judge on how children should be transported. I remember like laying in the back of a car with no seatbelt or like sitting on my grandpa's knee while we were like driving down the highway. So who am I to judge? But the bungee cord looked pretty snug, so whatever. Baby in a backpack. But just quickly, while I'm uh, touching on people in other countries, I've run into some odd people on some of my travels that I will never, ever, ever forget as long as I live. Like, they are burnt into my mind and I think about them often. Like, there was a vampire bartender in Sigishwara and he... Sigishwara, first of all, is my second favorite city on the planet. My first favorite is Galway from Ireland or in Ireland. But Sigishwara is just, oh my God, it's what my little goth dreams are made of. That's actually where Vlad the Impaler was born. But there was this bartender there and I snuck a photo of him while we were at this bar and I think about him all the time for real. He was so like spooky and handsome and just ethereal and out of place. Like he didn't seem like a real person. I made I tried to make like everybody look at him because I'm a creep like that. But there was also a, like a vampire tour guide at the Pele's Castle and also a vampire hotel clerk in Brasov. So basically what I'm trying to tell you is that every single person in Romania looks like a fucking vampire and they look like if a vampire was trying to blend into a crowd. That's basically Romania. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about Romania because I want to save that for some October specials that I have planned, but that's for sure the craziest country I've ever been to. Uh, Romania is also where I had the scariest moment of my adult life that didn't involve being on a plane uh, when our cab driver showed us his gun in his jacket while he was screaming at us. But again, that's a story for another day. Anyways, back to the people. I have a knack for attracting strange people and strange situations, and I'm not even mad about it. I welcome the strange as long as it's not a Romanian cab driver threatening to murder me. So in the summer of 2018, I flew to New York State to go and stay with one of my 
best friends on the planet, Maggie. Oh, I just love her so much. Anyways, we've been friends forever. So now I'm from a small area in the middle of Canada. Let's keep that in mind. And up until I was like 25, I fucking had really never left my own country. And um, she lives in New York State, like the state, not the city. So I've been to New York City twice. And I can tell you that New York State and New York City are basically two different countries. They are not the same at all. In New York City, it's like busy, 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 and there's actors and street vendors and shows and cocktails and hustle, bustle city life. And where Maggie lives, there's like one main street and people chew tobacco, which I fucking didn't even know was a thing that grew out of like the 1980s. And But they like stuff these little pouches into their cheeks and then just spit a bunch, which is like insane to me. I don't know. It just seems yucky. You know, if you chew tobacco, what the fuck, bro? Anyways, I feel bad for saying that because they are really nice people and they treated me so, so well while I was there. But some of her friends that she introduced me to, and again, I'm saying like they're very nice people, but like they have, they bring guns, like actual guns, like a pow pow gun to this thing that they have there called the Strawberry Festival. Imagine a street fair and everything is about strawberries and there's fireworks and little pop-up shops and lemonade stands. And then imagine packing fucking heat in your clothes and being super casual about it. Like just carrying my gun to the strawberry festival. That's a fucking whole other world, you guys. I'm from the middle of Canada and that is not a thing that we do here. Maggie and I have constant conversations, not arguments, just conversations about how I think that her country needs to calm the fuck down sometimes. And then, anyways, after that happened, a year later, I made her meet me in Toronto. And literally the first day that she was there, four people got shot at a street party. And then I just looked like a, a fucking idiot. So anyways, I lecture her all the time that she, they like need to calm down about guns. And then she comes here and people get shot. And I'm like, wow, okay, I look stupid and I need to shut up. So anyways, back to the people. When I was with Maggie in her town, uh, we were out for a drink and we were enjoying uh, strawberry Prosecco drinks because it was the strawberry festival. And this couple walked up to us in the bar and sort of like motioned, sort of like, can we sit here with you? And her and I were sitting side by side because we are seriously like two old people that can't hear anything when there's noise in the background. So we let them sit there, obviously, across from us because there were empty chairs. So her and I were talking and the woman, like the girlfriend, sort of interrupts us to ask some question. I don't remember what it was. She sort of just asked something like, how are you? Or something like that. Very just kind of cordial beginning conversation. So we said we're good and, and just continued our conversation. So her and her boyfriend seemed, they seemed a little off, like drunk for sure, but maybe like on something else as well. The guy's eyelids looked really heavy and it looked like he was having a really hard time keeping them open and like using his words. Anyways, this girl would not stop asking us questions. So we were sort of forced to chit chat with her and they looked normal like they were younger. They were probably like in their early late 20s, early 30s. They looked clean and and dressed like normal people. They didn't look like crackheads or what you think like a crackhead is going to look like, but they kept trying to force us to like chit chat and the girl keeps sort of like nudging her boyfriend because he's just sitting there with a stupid look on his face and he's like almost falling asleep so 
she tells us that this is her boyfriend, Danny, and that they're together now, but they were broken up for a bit because he had to move away for a while. So ever the interviewer, I'm like, oh, did he like, did you go somewhere for work? And she says, no, he went to prison. And then she laughed like it's like some big like, oh, he went to prison. And so Maggie kind of gently kicks me under the table. And now I feel like I need some fucking answers because they're just casually talking about this guy going to prison. I say like, oh my God, like, what did you go to prison for? Because obviously I need to know. And he sort of laughs like, (laughs) and his eyes are half open. And he tells us that he drove into a pool. And we're like, okay, wow, that's crazy. Like, were you drunk or high or something? And he just like smiles and nods. And his girlfriend is looking way too excited for this story. Like she's like sort of bouncing in her seat. Like she's so excited to tell this story. And now I fucking need to know more. Like I want details. So during this, Maggie, who has known my level of strangeness since 2012, she's mostly sitting quietly while I grill these people for more info because now I need to know everything. So I don't know a lot about the American prison system, except for what I see on the first 48 or forensic files. So my knowledge is limited, uh, but I'm always open to learning. And going to prison for driving into a pool seems like a little bit extreme. But like, I know America is different than Canada, but that seems excessive to me. So I press on. I press forward because I need details. And I say, wow, that's crazy. Like, they sent you to prison for driving into a pool? So at this moment, when I ask this question, the girlfriend who's sitting there excitingly, almost like she's ready to like jump, she says, oh, that's not all of it. Tell them what you did, Danny. Tell them. Tell the girls what you did, Danny. Tell them. Tell them, Danny. Tell them what you did, Danny. And she's like elbowing them super hard and she's shrieking excitedly at this lumpy idiot beside her. And he barely opens his eyes and he says like super chill. When the cops came, I stabbed myself in the chest. Okay, so now Maggie is giving my thigh a death grip under the table, and I'm like, okay, I have no more questions because this girlfriend is way too excited to talk about this. And stabbing yourself in the chest after driving into a pool seems beyond my comprehension. So we both slam the rest of our drinks back, and we start to stand up saying, oh, well, this has been nice, but we have to work in the morning, which wasn't a lie because we had a photo shoot planned. Uh, but also, this seemed like a good time to leave. And the girlfriend is like, she looks really offended. She's like, oh, what, you don't want to sit with us? And we we're like, oh, no, 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 sorry. So we keep apologizing as we back up saying like, oh, no, we're very tired. We have to work in the morning. And we just hustle the fuck out of there. And I think of Danny often, like, I hope he's doing okay because she was way too excited to have him tell us that he stabbed himself in the fucking chest who does that tell them danny tell the girls what you did danny tell them what you did danny and she's so she was like shaking his arm it was crazy anyways moving on this uh this is like a little story it's less weird and more nice but just at the moment it was strange so In 2014, I was in Rome and we went to the Vatican City or Vatican City. I don't know if it's like the Vatican City or just Vatican City. Anyways, we were in Rome. We went to Vatican City. Now, we didn't know this when we planned this trip, but at this time that we were there, two popes were being canonized, which means they were becoming saints in the eyes of the church, which is a huge fucking deal, obviously, especially for two popes to have that ceremony on the same day. So it was John, I think the 23rd, it's XX, 
I, 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 I think that's 23. Anyways, is John and John Paul II. So in Rome on that day, there was an extra 2 million people for this ceremony. So obviously it was completely insane everywhere. This is my first time in Rome. I don't have anything to compare it to, but it was fucking nuts. So there were huge groups of people walking with crosses on their backs and just like general insanity. And as you know, religious people make me very uncomfortable. So this level was so beyond anything that my brain could make sense of. At one point, we are going to St. Peter's Basilica. And that's like the big, I, I don't know if the Pope lives there, but this place is fucking crazy. It's huge. And it has these huge front steps to get into the front, like dozens and dozens of big steps. So you can have like crowds of people standing on the steps. As we're walking up, there is a giant group of nuns standing together on the steps. And when I say giant group, I mean like 80 to 100 of them standing there in their traditional like habits, like the black and white. Basically, they look exactly like um, Whoopi Goldberg from the Sister Act movie, except everybody's like white. So they were like wearing that outfit, like the black and then the little white things on their foreheads and around their neck. Anyway, there's a big line to get into St. Peter's. So we're like slowly making our way up the stairs and I'm looking around and one nun in particular catches my eye for some reason, which is weird because they literally all look the same. But her and I make eye contact and she smiles at me and I smile at her and then she winks at me like you guys for sure without a doubt in my mind this was like a wink like she like put effort into it and then she smiled at me once more and then turned away and I was shook I was so shook I have been told a minimum of five times that I can think of just off the top of my head that either I've like been a nun in a past life or that I remind someone of a nun or that they ask me if I'm a nun I'm not even kidding I don't know why I don't think I look like a nun, but I feel like I have some kind of weird connection with nuns, even though religious people kind of scare me. But when this nun winked at me, I, I almost burst into tears. I don't know why, but it just gave me such a feeling of joy and peace. I don't know how to explain it. Um, she just made my heart so happy. Um, so I don't think she was a weird people. But for some reason, she just like somehow connected with my heart and a wink and it totally made my day. I'm not joking when I say people ask if I was a nun. And if you've seen a picture of me, I don't think I look very nunly. But this has happened at least five times where somebody was is like, I've had like card readers say you were a nun in a past life or people ask like, oh, were you a nun? And I'm like, what? Or they'll say I remind them of a nun, which is You've heard my mouth. I don't know any nun that talks like this. So I'm not sure where that's coming from. I don't really look like anyone else. But I've also had more than one person say that I remind them of Drew Barrymore, which is really weird. I have no idea where that comparison comes from because I don't think I look like anybody, but whatever. Moving on. The last thing that I'm going to talk about is just myself being a strange person because I can't talk shit about other people and make it sound like I'm some kind of fucking saint because I'm certainly not. I'm very strange. Uh, the other night I was like, I was trying to ask my husband a bunch of questions and I asked him what the weirdest thing was about me and he's been with me for 20 years and so I think he's just used to my weirdness but he thought for a while 
And then he said, in 20 years of being with me, he's only seen me tired twice, and which is valid. I don't really sleep unless I take sleeping pills and then it's like a forced sleep. But I'm never actually really tired. If I don't take pills to sleep, I will sleep maybe for an hour or two at night. And if I could function like that, that would be fine, but I can't. I'm like a zombie. Um, like my body will be tired, but my brain won't let me sleep, so I have to force it. Anyways, I'm just going to tell you three sort of strange things about me so I don't sound like a pompous asshole that just spent a bunch of time making fun of people. So the first weird thing about me is I'm terrified of trees. Like trees and Hutterites, I would say, and the water. Ooh, the water. I'm not scared of drowning in the water. I'm scared of dead people in the water. But that's, again, a story from Mimosa Mystery Mondays. But I'm terrified of trees, and I have been since I was little. I've always hated trees. I think that there are things in trees that we can't see, and I think that they talk to each other, and I don't like them. So I'm going to do a whole episode on that in the next couple weeks. But the second weird thing about me is one time when I was 16, I called Texas because I really wanted to hear someone with a Southern accent because I'm obsessed with cowboy accents. I love cowboy accents. Oh my God. I was young and dumb, and so I didn't know that Tim Hortons was only a Canadian thing. And so I dialed zero and called the operator because back in the day, that's how you got a hold of people. And I asked to be connected with Tim Hortons in Dallas, Texas. And so, you know, there was a bit of like a language barrier between myself and the operator. But eventually, after repeating myself like six times, and I understand now why she was confused, but I got through to Tim Hornton in Dallas, Texas, or just outside of Dallas, apparently. And him and I talked for like half an hour. It was wonderful. He told me about his wife and how he had three hound dogs. And it was so good. <laughs> I just love that accent so much. I think his, when I was growing up, all my grandpa watched was John Wayne movies. And I just have grown up listening to that accent and I love it. So anyway, the last weird thing about me, when I was very little... I had a babysitter that married a man from Libya, so she mostly spoke Arabic at home. And I picked up Arabic better than I picked up English because I was like three, two, three, four around there. And so I used to scream for things in Arabic when my mom got home from and picked me up from work. And she would have no idea what I was saying because obviously my mom doesn't speak Arabic. So she would have to call Karen and hold up the phone to my screaming child face so that I could say whatever I wanted. And then Karen would have to translate what I was asking for. So eventually Karen started speaking more English when I was there because obviously she didn't have time to teach my poor mom Arabic. The only words, like I still remember some, but just very vague. I remember Ana Uhebuki. Uh, how do you say that again? Ana Uhebuki. I know I'm butchering that. I'm so sorry, but it means I love you to like a girl because they have like masculine, feminine. Ana Uhebuki. Anyways, also la, which means, or it's like L-A-A, la, which means no, and shukra, which is like a simple thank you. So if anybody is listening and speaks Arabic, I am so sorry right now for how I just butchered your beautiful language. Anyway, it looks like my glass is empty. I have no more Prosecco. So that's a sign. <laughs> I should probably stop talking. So 
Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me at Prosecco and Ponies on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find my art at BrittanyJillPhotography.com or BrittanyJillPhotography on Instagram. If you have any stories with strange people or scary things or the time that you shit behind a dumpster in the middle of downtown Vancouver, please email me at ProseccoWithTony at gmail.com. That is it. Stay strange and stay hydrated, my friends. <laughs>